Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Chris Charling. Special guest in the studio, Chris. Did you dress today? Uh, I am wearing clothing. Oh, okay. So that's an improvement. That's a start. Yeah. But uh, we've got our our boss, so we better behave ourselves here. Uh, David Bourgeois. David, we asked you to join us today because of the whole idea of we don't know everything there is to know about voice acting, but between the three of us, maybe we can come up with some good answers for a student that wrote us this week. So my first question is, how long have you been here? Okay, so uh, first off, clearly you not only don't know everything about voice acting, you don't know everything about the company. You referred to the boss being here. I don't see Anna anywhere. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Um, <laughs> take a close look at your paycheck. <laughs> you know that's what I'm true. saying? It is signed by her. No, isn't I'm it? sorry. I, I'm sorry. It's Chris, right? Chris, yeah, yes. Charling? Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, what do you say? How long have I been here? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got in about 830. Okay. I knew right. he was going to say that. I just knew it. <laughs> just for history's sake, tell folks how you got into the voice acting part of this. Because you're, you're a musician and you wanted a, a studio where people would come in and record music. So how did you get into the voice acting end of things? I uh, was blessed and blessed to have parents who, when I told them, uh, hey, you know what, mom and dad, I want to be in the uh, music business. Uh, instead of uh, adopting me out at that point, they, <laughs> you know, they looked at each other. I remember my dad looked at me and he said, you know what, you should do it. He said, you should do it and you should work hard at it. He said, because you're going to regret trying to do something you love and maybe stumbling far less than you're going to regret always wondering what would have happened if yeah. you did the thing you wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have that. So, so the real answer to the question is I got wrapped up in all of this because my parents supported me. Hmm. And I can't tell you how valuable, you know, at the time I think uh, it was just uh, wow, thanks dad. But you know, years later, I, I really appreciate that. So sure, I began as a musician, uh, traveling and playing music and working in studios. And as I got more familiar with the studio environment in my late teens and early 20s, I began to do a lot of directing or producing of music material, uh, creating music for commercial material. And, you know, a big part of that was also working with uh, the voice actor. And in the beginning for me, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was was just the extra thing I felt I had to do. But I, I, I do love working in this environment, so I dug into it, and I got pretty good at it, and I uh, got good at directing a voice actor, got good at finding exactly the right voice actor to do the job, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I started to get called specifically to uh, produce and direct voiceover work, and uh, that's what, what brought me into the field, and you know, at the time I, I started to get a lot of work, the field changed, and we em- began to embrace a much broader range of voices. I mean, when I started, it was the loud, low announcer guy that mm-hmm. did everything, and now we're <laughs> in a field that is probably 50-50 male-female, yeah. and it, we embrace a, a tremendous range of voices. So uh, right time, right place, and I think, you know, in anything, if you're putting one foot in front of the other, you, ha- you have an advantage. Yeah, so I want to segue back to something that you said when we were first starting was, You'd mentioned the support of your dad, and I think that kind of ties into uh, the question that we got today. Exactly. We, we've had a question from one of our former students who's got a daughter that wants to now follow in her mother's footsteps, and she's now training with us as well. So she's got a little bit of a concern along the way here that she wrote us about, and I just figured, David, you're the one to answer uh, you know, some questions along these lines because you've worked with some great young talent over the years. 
So uh, Geza Rodzina called us, uh, wrote us actually, and asked, my question for you is this, what advice can you share with those of us bringing our children into the voiceover field? While I want to thoroughly support her aspirations and help her maintain her enthusiasm for voice acting, as a parent, I also want to make sure that she safely participates in marketing activities as her career starts to grow. Any suggestions would be welcome. Well, you know, I think he already has the right idea. The, the, the word I picked up on that you used that I think is important is support. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's great in anything, art, athletics, any healthy interest a, a child has, regardless of anybody's particular lean on parenting, I think supporting your child is so valuable and so encouraging, particularly in something that's competitive. And I think ultimately uh, an artistic endeavor is competitive. You always look at other people who are doing things in a medium like this and you know, you're you're impressed with what they do, and there, there's always self-doubt that creeps up. I think the support of family members and friends can be very, very valuable. Conversely, I've, um, you know, throughout the years, I have run into parents who take the support to let me refer to it as a different level. Okay. And, uh, you know, maybe they're trying to live vicariously through their children. And I, I don't necessarily think that's a horrible thing either. Um, I think it's when support gets pushed into um, forcing somebody to do something where it, where it gets a little bit dicey or questionable. However, I, I do have to temper that with accountability. Mm-hmm. I think if a child goes into something like acting or voice acting or music, and at some point maybe some money is changing hands, maybe you're paying for lessons or you're taking the child uh, on the train to do an audition or something, I think it is acceptable at that point to continue in a support position, but shift to having some accountability, some, okay, we're going to do this, but because you're going to do this, we're not going to be able to maybe afford to or have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you real quickly, uh, gentlemen, I have a uh, tremendous nephew mm. named Ethan, who is, uh, I think he's roughly 11 years old. I'm very bad with ages. I'm a horrible uncle. But uh, <laughs> Ethan has shown a lot of excitement over acting, mm. and uh, he's shown some promise. At 11 years old, he's been in two high school plays already. He has been in several professional productions, and he's gotten to the last final call for two touring Broadway shows. Mm. And uh, I I, I love to watch my sister, uh, Melissa, and her husband, Mark. They've got it dialed in just about perfectly. They support him. If he didn't want to do it tomorrow, eh, I I do think they'd be disappointed, but they wouldn't pressure him. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, it does mean that he has to make choices to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. He played soccer. Soccer, you know, you have to pay a membership fee, and he ended up having to make the choice to step away from that, you know, because ultimately, you know, you have a finite amount of resources, and your primary resource is time, or hopefully it's your most important resource. And... uh, I think it's admirable. And whether or not this gentleman's daughter or my nephew continue in the arts, they will. They, they really stand to gain a great deal of life experience mm. by participating in something like this. I think, I think it can be very healthy. The fact that, that I think you said Giza is supporting his daughter is, I mean, that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah. So, David, um, marketing-wise, little different than what uh, Geza might do for for himself as to what he's going to do f- or help his uh, his daughter with yeah for him he can be a little bit more gruff he could do like 
I don't know, a photo with a beer in his hand or smoking a cigar <laughs> or something like that. Okay, well, marketing a young person's voice uh, is unique in challenge and unique in advantage as well. I will tell you from my experience casting voice actors, there are far fewer young voice actors. So that's an advantage. Mm. We'll put that in the advantage column. So from a marketing standpoint, there's fewer people like this gentleman's daughter. So she'll have a little bit of an edge. Challenge, her voice is going to change every year and a half to two mm-hmm. years right now. Yeah. So that's that's a challenge. She's going to need to update that demo regardless of the amount of professional work she's doing, which is uh, typically a driver for adult demos being updated. Mm-hmm. For a child, that voice is going to change. So you've got to change your demo along with that. I think other than that, the marketing process is very similar. Uh, I know I sound old-fashioned, but I think it is really... Our industry is really an industry that is relationship-based, even at the highest level. I would love to tell you that everybody with a great demo gets a fair chance at every job, and it's just not the fact. Most often, we are going to somebody within our network or taking a recommendation from somebody within our network. So anything that this gentleman can do and his daughter can do to make people aware of her as a voice actor starts to build her network. More importantly, when she does begin to work, get everybody's name, follow up with everybody. Everybody gets a thank you card because then you're on the inside. And again, we are inclined to go back to people who we know we can count on. So uh, it's it's similar advice I'd give to an adult in this field. You know, really don't focus on jobs, focus on building relationships. Yeah. The, the, you always need to find a next first work opportunity. The voice actors who earn money are people who combine new work opportunities with repeat work opportunities. The next job, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of looking at the situation, it's recognizing what you have, right? You know, for for an adult male voice, that's going to have a broad range of applications. For for a young female voice, you're definitely going to want to be specialized. But also what you're saying is, bearing that in mind, don't disregard anything. Oh, never. My goodness. You know, hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Here's a great way to not disregard anything. Have fun. Enjoy it. If you enjoy it, you'll want to shake a hand and say thank you. And you'll want to send that person a thank you card and a card at the holidays. And and again, you know, I spoke at a college recently and I said, gee, send out a thank you card. And somebody raised their hand and said, well, Mr. Bourgeois, isn't that old fashioned? I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm just telling you how to get checks written to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I know what the difference is. Like anything you can do. Uh, you know, when it comes to somebody who's making a casting decision, which I, I do that frequently myself, mm-hmm. anything you can do to lessen my paranoia that you might not be able to do a good job for me, anything you can do to make me feel confident that you're a professional, beyond having a great demo and professional skill, and you got to have that. You've yeah. got to have that. Uh, you know, we're immersed in an environment today where people plug a microphone on the side of their computer and talk into it and think they're voice actors. That's No, this is, a, this is a skilled profession like any other profession. But beyond that, your role from a marketing standpoint is continuing to do things to make me familiar with you, to make me feel comfortable using you. And once I use you, you've got me. You want to behave in a relationship-driven manner. You want to follow up. You want to you want to build relationships, and you want to you want to make friends. That's it. Definitely. Wow. You know, I knew there was a reason why we invited him in here today. He'd, it's uh, my birthday. Yeah. Well, that's, that was one of the birthday. reasons. Yeah, it is. Yep. It is, and it's a big one too. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. What? Um. <laughs> wow. Listen. 
<laughs> well, anyway, David, thank you. This is this has been terrific, and it's been much too long since you were here. You you bring us back to center every time, and we do appreciate that. I wish people could see the funny look I'm giving you right now. <laughs> I, I bring you back to center. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much for that, and thank you guys for. Uh, like showing up to work on time and doing all the wonderful things you do. Actually, you know, I'll throw this out there for anybody that listens to this podcast. Uh, for my wife and I in building building voice coaches, the most valuable asset we have is our team. You know, as a small business owner, I think one of the smartest things that you can do is um, recognize the value of the people who drive your business forward. And you guys are terrific. So thank you. Thank you so Boy, much. Boy, if you could see the look on my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Cheers. My allergies are acting up. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, good. See you in Columbus, Chris. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, whenever I tell folks I'm a voice actor, most of the responses I get are like, wow, that sounds like fun. How does one get started in voice acting? Of course, my answer for the last eight years since I've been here is to attend one of our adult education classes called Getting Paid to Talk. It's a fun and educational two and a half hours dealing with the real business of voice acting. And the great thing is we'll come to your town to present our class. That's right. The week of May 4th, watch for our class at a university, college, school, or recreation program in Acton, Pittsfield, Springfield, Middleborough, Orleans, and Worcester, Massachusetts. There's Worcester again. It, it's this is the right <laughs> it's one to me. You. That's the one. That's the one. I mean, they were right on the East Coast. We got there first. We said that's going to be Worcester. <laughs> we're good. That is Worcester. Okay. Where else are we going to be, Chris? Also, Washington D.C. and Wilmington, <laughs> Delaware. And watch for us in Bel Air, Rockville, and Baltimore, Maryland, Clifton Park, New York, and Doylestown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. To find out when we're coming to teach you, call us at eight six six eight eight seven two eight three four or email. Email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com so that we can not only tell you when we'll be in your town, but also answer your questions or take your topic suggestions and turn it into a thorough podcast there like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also always remember to like us on Facebook. And if you're enjoying the podcast on iTunes, give us a rating and uh, subscribe. Yeah, it'll it'll make the boss happy or the boss's husband happy. It'll make Anna happy and David happy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll catch you again next week. Join us then, please. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. So should we decide to adopt this format? I've got a, na- a new name for the podcast. Oh, good Lord. Menage Talk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> we could, uh, that could boost our, uh, our SEO. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got something in his head he's going to do here, David. So. Yeah. Who? Who? Chris. This oh, hey. Hey, 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 man. You know, How's it going? Good. I, no responsibility. I, I didn't write any of this stuff for him. So let's see what happens. Here we go. <laughs> I was kind of was... hoping the mother wasn't, you know? wasn't a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a question for David. No, I'm just listening. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I saw a guy, great voice actor down in Kentucky, did a thing. The guy's fully nude. He's on a tractor. Private areas are mostly covered up. Uh, but it grabs your attention and says, hey, listen, come on down to the farm. You never know what you're going to get yourself into. Yep. Why are you guys flanging? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, you know, for some reason it happens on that, um, the way, it, it, you're not coming across that I, I way love, I love how we just accept yeah, stuff well, in it's, the it's studio. Not, it's not actually It's not doing recording it. that way. It's but something with the signal flow with the headphone box. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. We and could it, travel, yeah. It only happens, it doesn't happen when we've got a, a student there. It only happens when we've got microphones set up in here. It would be interesting if it, we've... 
determined, <laughs> and this would be a good short film potentially, if we determined that um, through some cosmic rift, some cosmic rift and combination of electronics in uh, this particular room, uh, when you get on a microphone, that's how we're able to determine you're actually an alien. <laughs> Well, it's actually, I, to, to be honest, I did figure it out. There is actually a dimensional rift that's in here. So you're dimensional actually, rift. you're actually 0. 0.0375 milliseconds behind everyone else. Oh my God. Thank you. Yeah. Woo. <laughs>